Hello, everyone, and welcome into DC Talks Rocks. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, and on this episode, we're talking about the Hall of Fame announcements for today. Might have some time to get into the CBA negotiations and a little bit of news on that, though I may push that off until they continue to have some of these conversations and we get some more concrete things right now. All we really have on the CBA is reporters reporting what is or isn't on the table in terms of negotiations. So nothing's actually been agreed to or not. I see a lot of people out there trying to read the tea leaves in terms of, hey, isn't it good that they're talking? And isn't this progress? And look, there's good ways to read these tea leaves. There's bad ways to read them. There's ways of saying, yes, it's good that they're talking and they're not just throwing each other out of the room, right? But then there's some of these individual elements that really do look like they're going to be very difficult for the two sides. They're very far apart. It's going to be very difficult for them to all come together. And so figuring that out specifically is going to be complicated and and we'll all go through it. But for now, you know, like I said, if I've got some time, I, I can get back to that at the end, but I think I may leave most of that off for a future conversation. Uh, a few other things about the Colorado Rockies that I wanted to dive into this week. But again, could leave off for a future conversation as we are now anticipating very soon uh, the announcement here of who has and almost certainly more likely than not who hasn't made uh, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2022, right? And so uh, I wanted to begin with this public information, whether or not people get in or not, there was clearly more public support for David Ortiz over a lot of these other players. And that's a really strange, well, maybe not that strange. Maybe it's, it's kind of easy to, to figure out why that is, right? Because it's definitely not logically consistent in terms of voting against PED guys to say, I'm not going to vote for Barry Bonds. I'm not going to vote for Roger Clemens. I'm not going to vote for Manny Ramirez, but I'm going to vote for David Ortiz. I left him off of my personal theoretical ballot, right? For the same reason, for 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 the consistency of it. Look, I love David Ortiz as much as anybody. I love the commercials. I love the big poppy personality, the smile. He seemed to have been great. And he, and he seems to have won a certain number of writers or, or media people or fans over because of his personality. And fair enough, to some extent, like... It's nice to see that being sort of regularly decent and warm and, and welcoming, you know, can win you certain things in life. And I'm fine with that as a general principle. Uh, but no, for me, it's it's very clearly an inconsistency. There, there's no fair reason to vote for David Ortiz and not Barry Bonds. Uh, and it's not the hall of incredibly likable dudes right? It's not the hall of the guys who treated me nice during their careers. It's the, the hall of fame. It's the hall of fame for the best players in the world. Now, I am of the belief that PED use basically prohibits you from being in the hall of fame. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have really muddied this issue in a lot of ways. And, and I think it's strange. And I, and I will say this, and I, I suspect, and we're about to find out, that Barry Bonds isn't going to make it, right? And that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who are the two you know, poster children of the steroid era, 
and who were the two best players of the steroid era, I think are likely to fall short. They were just barely over the threshold on the public ballots. Almost everyone's vote totals go down once the official ones come in. And, you know, maybe I'll be surprised here in a minute or two, but I'm not expecting either of those players to make it. And I want to say to the people who advocated most strongly for those two players that I I feel like there was a failure to recognize the real issue, right? So often people seemed inclined to just quote statistics at me, uh, tell me, or or others, just exactly how good Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were. And, and that's never been in dispute. The same way it's never been in dispute how good Pete Rose or Shoeless Joe Jackson were. No one's saying these players were not talented enough or, or did not accomplish enough inside the lines, inside the game of baseball, to be in the Hall of Fame. We, we all know that, right? And I, I think there's been a misconnect because PEDs are, well, it's, it's exactly what the name says it is, right? They're performance enhancers. And so while people recognize like that the gambling things are just bad on their own, because there wasn't some idea that they gained a competitive advantage out of it, so many people seem to think that that is the primary problem with having used PEDs. And sure, at its fundamental level, gaining an unfair advantage is the reason why you're not supposed to do them. But at the end of the day, the reason why you're not supposed to break a rule is separate from whether or not you, you broke the rule. Simple as that. People not voting for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't doing so because, well, if only they'd been good enough without the drugs, right? That's not the conversation. So proving to us that they were good without the drugs, it's like, well, we know that. That's not the conversation. That's like saying Pete Rose was a great baseball player without the gambling. Like, yeah, how would the gambling have made him a better baseball player? That's not the point. The point is, they broke the rules. And, I, and I've made this point before, and I, but it's worth repeating. How else do we hold them accountable? In what other ways are we supposed to say, no, that was wrong? Otherwise, we're saying 100% as a society, hey, what you did was fine. No big problem. No accountability. And it's really funny to me that people who will preach accountability up and down when it's like really negative stuff, when people are really living through some hard times and you'll tell me you got to be accountable, you got to be accountable. But then these guys got millions of dollars and plenty of awards and great careers. They don't have to give back and all of this stuff. And now it's some sort of tragedy if they don't make it into the major league baseball hall of fame. It's a prestigious honor. It, it, it's, it's a tragedy now. The other part of this that I a thousand percent do not buy is when people try to say, well, it's just a museum, right? Well, it's, it's just a museum. It's not just a museum. It's an honor. And the reason you know it's an honor is because that award has appeared, uh, that word has appeared in roughly 1000% of Major League Baseball Hall of Fame speeches. This is an honor for me and my family. It's an honor to have my name 
among those names. It is an honor. And that word should mean something. And so I get that it's become a kind of fuddy-duddy position. It's easier to meme that you'll get dunked on on Twitter if you say, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't vote for the PED guys. And I get that there are a lot of people out there who it's not on about principle or there is no principle, right? There's no such thing as principle. But how do we hold anybody accountable? So, yeah, well, back on the point about uh, David Ortiz, he has to be, he, he was, there was a, neg a positive test result. He was named in a report. That's the exact same reason I'm not voting for Manny Ramirez and Gary Sheffield. And so the, the this is, it's funny, right? It's another reminder that ultimately all of these are systems held up by human beings, imperfect, flawed human beings. And some of them want to just, they just want to vote for a guy they like, who they worked around for many years who is kind to them when lots of ballplayers aren't necessarily inherently kind to the press, especially. And so they love David Ortiz and they're looking past all of it. And it's just another reminder that that's exactly how this happens. So when people come out and say, oh, you know, the big bodies of, of writers or, or whomever can't have this huge obvious bias, like when I talk about them having a, a, an anti-Rockies bias, which very clearly exists. Right. The idea that you you check. You're supposed to check your biases against the statistics and the reality and be able to come out and say as a professional in this industry, you know, I love David Ortiz. Really love that guy. Love the way he played. Love the smile. I love Keenan Thompson's impression of him on SNL. Right. All of it. But. In order to be consistent. I cannot in good conscience give him my vote. Now, if you're voting for all the other PED guys, then go for it. I, I don't hold that again. Again, I have more of an issue with people who are only picking and choosing some of these PED guys to vote for. I think you got to vote for all of them or none of them. I mean, if, if their numbers qualify, right? We know there are people who use PEDs who are not Hall of Fame caliber players, but I'm talking about the ones who clearly are. Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. These guys' numbers all qualify qualify them for the Hall of Fame. To put just one of them in? And there was a question about this, too, with Jeff Bagwell, right? Though that, that was less of a, we, we didn't know for sure, so I get the back and forth. But with Ortiz, he was found, there was a positive test. Like I said, there was a report. So... I, I really dislike the inconsistency of it, to be sure. Uh, if Ortiz is the only guy who gets in when this is the last year that these other PED guys don't, it's going to be a bad look for the BBWAA. And uh, because there's no way. And, and I always try to remind people of this, too, with any of these things. Whereas the BBWAA, and, and again, they're not a monolith, right? There are plenty of people who voted perfectly consistently, who voted either for all the PED guys or against all the PED guys. There's a, a percentage of people who are picking and choosing, and that makes the entire body of, of voters look bad, look inconsistent. 
right? It's the same thing like when people say, well, you can't hold these PED guys responsible when you voted in Bud Selig. Well, there are plenty of writers who didn't vote for Bud Selig. Right? They're being perfectly consistent. I didn't vote for Bud Selig. I wasn't given the option. Right? So if I, and people will say that to me, how, how can you do that? How can you say a person can keep themselves consistent? Right? I'm keeping myself consistent when it comes to PEDs or uh, whatever else, you know. I can't force other people to be consistent. So even here where I'm saying I, I wouldn't have voted for any of these guys, I'm saying if, if you're voting for him, you've got to vote for them. Um, all right. Do we have some actual results coming in now? Do we got a little bit of information up on here? Here we go. I've got it from Patrick Saunders. That's just the first one I saw. Up and Will talking in the comments. Todd Helton up to 52%, up from 44.9 last year. David Ortiz is, in fact, the lone Hall of Famer, getting in by 11 votes at 77.9% on his first ballot. Okay, I have some thoughts about that. Bonds at 66%, Clemens at 65%. Uh, also, Scott Rowland with 63%. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling falls to 58 that's a whole stupid thing. And Billy Wagner, who I think should be in the Hall of Fame as well, at 52%. So there you have it. Uh, I got to say, this is, <laughs> there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here, isn't it? I, let me stay on the issue I was just on because it, it well, this bore out, didn't it? it it's just going to look bad. There's no way for that not to look like an inconsistency to put David Ortiz in on his first ballot. When all the guy did was hit, we're putting in a designated hitter. So it's not like he brought value outside of the bat, which was very clearly enhanced. Um, you know, Todd Helton was a better baseball player than David Ortiz pretty comfortably. This is all on reputation. This is 100% rep. Just rep. That's what it is. And, and and another reminder that you can scream the facts and statistics all day long, but people ultimately just go with whatever feels right to them. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. Will, I agree. Teixeira falling off the ballot entirely. That's rough, man. That's really bad. Mark Teixeira was arguably a better all-around baseball player than David Ortiz as well. Like, he got to, you know, there's a whole conversation to be had about DHs and how long they can extend their career and how much value they can put up and or, or versus how much negative value they're not putting up by simply having the luxury of not having to play half the game. And so I don't think we keep all DHs out. Um, Dan, I agree. I don't understand why this is the system uh, <laughs> that, that's in place to select these players. I think it should be uh, quite a bit better than this. I think it should be streamlined. Ultimately, though, I do agree with keeping out Bonds and Clements. It's not consistent with letting David Ortiz in at all. That is, um, yeah, that's just, it's going to be a pretty bad look and hopefully kick up a lot more debate and conversation because as much as I would bet most of the writers were consistent on this, very clearly a percentage of them weren't. 66% voted for Bonds, 77% voted for David Ortiz. The group of people voting for Ortiz and not Bonds it's ridiculous. It really is. It's 
It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and yeah, perfectly quality players like Teixeira falling off entirely. Uh, Scott Rowland getting closer and closer makes me feel better. He should be uh, getting in before too long. And then, of course, the Todd Helton conversation. And it's, yeah, it's great to see that bump up. I think this is the kind of percentage increase that we've all been expecting, you know, that he's going to end up at 52-ish percent this year. The next year, it'll be up to 60-ish percent. And then the year after that, we'll, we'll really be talking about will he or won't he uh, be getting into the Hall of Fame. And I think he will. I, I think, again, if you've played out these numbers enough, as most of us have, you've gone, okay, yeah. And I do think that the, again, with if this is controversial or, or whatever it may be, I think the trend is moving in the right direction in terms of placing uh, pressure on the voters to be more transparent, to be more consistent, uh, to be a little bit more modern in, in the approach. I know there have been all kinds of reforms in terms of making sure that some people who don't really watch baseball anymore are not voting and uh, there have even been some conversations about speeding it up so that people like me don't have to wait 10 years, but maybe, maybe five, six, seven years and you can start voting uh, for Hall of Fame. You know, So all of these things are things that I think could uh, help make it a better situation, a more streamlined process, one that makes a little bit more sense. And much to my chagrin on some elements, you know, may have even led to Bonds and Clemens and some of these guys getting in. And because I, I do think it, it's definitely an older writer mindset, right? The the younger fan and the younger media person, I think, are much more inclined to just say, ah, whatever, and let them in. Again, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't like it. I think it's an awfully cynical aspect of our society that is much more common among younger people to just not care, to, to just not care and not hold anybody in, accountable for anything whatsoever. Uh, for me, you know, ultimately, Justice has been served here. There, there's, or at the very least, there was no miscarriage of justice, other than maybe putting David Ortiz in as a big thumb in the eye and everyone who was trying to be consistent about this. Um, but beyond that, the other thing that I'll say is that these guys are going to get in to the Hall of Fame ultimately. They're veterans committees and and things that do happen, and I think this is important because I think that there are now, you know fathers and mothers and coaches out there having conversations with young athletes saying, no, that's, that's why you go about it the right way. That's why you don't cheat yourself. That's why you don't, don't cheat your teammates and your league and your sport. You don't do that. You don't risk personal health. You don't break laws to compete. We, we teach you to, to try your hardest and to, to work really, really hard, but there's a line. And the, you know, the, if you're not cheating, you're not trying folks, there's a line for them too. They're, they just like to be very clever sometimes. And, you know, that's what I would throw back on, again, all of the people advocating for these players. Do you care at all about cheating? Is there a consequence? Is there any bit of accountability for breaking the rules of the game? Or are we only supposed to care about what's on your baseball reference page? For like everything. For me, you know, again, that, that whole argument about a museum, well, that cuts both ways. 
we put some ugly parts of history in museums, but we don't honor them. We don't put them in great halls of honor with their names emblazoned in bronze. We don't do that for people who, you know, <laughs> fought against the Republic or whatever, right? It's history. It's history. Put it in the museum. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and these guys are in museums of baseball. And no one's confused that they were around. Uh, everyone knows what they did. Everyone knows what this era was. The Hall of Fame is not sad or incomplete without these people who, quite frankly, if I may use an old man word, besmirched. They made a mockery of the game of baseball, and, and it bothers me that some people seem to just not care. They made a mockery of the record books. They made it almost impossible for people to, like me to go back and study that time in baseball with any kind of historical comparisons, because it just, it's so completely not real. Like looking at video game them. Like literally, like if someone posted their season from MLB The Show and like made it canon. Like th that's not. So yeah, these guys really screwed up an entire era of baseball. And to send the message to young people or any people that whatever, as long as the ends justify the means, as long as you hit more home runs and made more money, then no consequences or accountability will ever come your way. Right. Imagine telling the story of Barry Bonds if he'd gotten in today as a cartoon for children. Right. And in the end, what happened to the man who did everything he wasn't supposed to do? He got everything he ever wanted. Good night, kids. That's the lesson you should take away from this. Get what you can. Step on whoever you have to. There's enough of that ugliness out there in the world. There's enough of that ugliness in baseball. I did see that thing, yeah, about if, if Barry Bonds had come to the plate without a bat. Just going on his walks, which, of course, we know, you know, pitchers probably would have approached him slightly differently if he had no bat. But, yeah, I, I thought that was a clever video. And again, we can we can understand all of these things and appreciate them and still gawk at Barry Bonds statistics while recognizing they're not real. I gawk at Barry Bonds statistics the way I do when someone sends me a screenshot of their fantasy team or of their MLB, the show squad. Like, that's amazing. Doesn't mean anything. It's not real. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. And I feel like I don't know, the big party pooper or the bat, you know, I feel like the mom from uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> coming home and everyone's trapped in the house. And I'm just like, this isn't real, you guys. And I'm sorry. And I know it was a fun era for a minute. I got into all the home runs and everything, too. But Ryan Braun, like, ruined that guy's life. Like, this stuff was real. Like, people were breaking laws. They were going into dangerous meetings. They were having stuff shipped across state lines. They knew what they were doing was wrong. They were engaged in a criminal enterprise to ship steroids to cheat you, to cheat you, the fan, out of the legitimate baseball experience. And we have it now, except the balls are ludicrous. <laughs> now the balls are juiced instead of the players. We live in a much better world. <laughs>
ridiculous out there. So I get it. I get that some people feel nothing when it comes to all of that, but they can't demand that the rest of us don't. They, quite frankly, engaged in a very poor campaign to try to get these people in. And you can see it with the Ortiz, right? That's the thing I'll flip back on. As much as it's an inconsistency and people's votes are ultimately their own, I'll, I'll end with this point, which is that there could we could have been won over. The people who didn't want to, and I, I didn't, again, my votes are not active. I say we as a general principle of people who think that the steroid users don't belong in the hall. You could, yeah, Will's right. If Bob had, uh, if Bonds had done one of those Bob Costas interviews, come totally clean, apologized, then there would have been some accountability, right? Then, my, then the answer to my question of what accountability would there have been would have been, well, he at least had to do that interview where he said he was sorry to everyone. He admitted what he did. He told kids, "Don't do it." He, you know, whatever. There was, there was something. There was a thing. He, the same thing with Clemens. Any of these guys could have come out, done a whole thing. Uh, tried to engage with the conversation, but I felt like the people who were so insistent that Bonds and Clemens get in the Hall of Fame, they were just talking past everybody. They were screaming statistics. They were talking down to people constantly, basically acting like if you don't understand that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens belong in the Hall of Fame, then you're an idiot. And that's never a way to win people over. People are just going to get more defensive and more insular when you tell them stuff like that. And you act like, they don't know anything about the game they've been covering and studying their entire life. When you treat people that way, it just doesn't work. And so the pro-Bonds, pro-Clemens crowd was so vociferously out of control and so much just talking past people. There was no attempt to engage in an earnest debate or, you know, it was really just so much flamethrowing and it's indicative, again, of the problem, you know, with these other players. With Todd Helton, all I have to do is quote his statistics and show them next to other people's statistics, right? But that's not what was going on here. There was another, another conversation that needed to be had. And I think, unfortunately, for both Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, the people out there kind of championing them refused to do that. They refused to have a debate. They instead just screamed that they were right at us for four or five years, and it ultimately fell on deaf ears. People weren't adding anything new to the conversation. I saw there was a, was it a Ken Rosenthal or a Buster Olney covered somebody, somebody wrote just recently, like if Barry Bonds doesn't get into the Hall of Fame, it's this huge miscarriage of, of justice and a massive blight on Major League Baseball. It's like, it's really not. It's really not. It's a complicated issue. Adult human beings have different reasons for how they feel about it. And there was no mea culpa. There was no attempt to explain the parts of it that weren't okay. We were just told that we should be okay with it. That's not going to work. Bad tactics bad strategy, bad debate, bad argumentation on the part of people who maybe could have argued these guys into the hall. But they chose to condescend instead. It didn't work. Should have taken the David Ortiz tact. Worked well for him, didn't it? I'm telling you, could have worked. All right. That's my piece for today. I'll leave the CBA stuff and more Rockies talk for the next couple of days. I do want to start going live. I think 
uh, regularly on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Obviously, I did this one a little bit later in the day because I want to have the information. I think more people can make it either around noon or a little bit later in the day. If I do it like in the evening, five or, or six o'clock again, mountain time for those. We do things mountain time around here. Uh, but yeah, I'll be getting back to all kinds of stuff. Uh, the, again, the, the, the notes coming out of the CBA negotiations are interesting, but I feel like the second I parse each one of those out, they're going to change. <laughs> it's going to change to something else. But I'll talk about CBA a bit tomorrow, get into some Colorado Rocky stuff going into the end of the week. Make sure you're subscribed to the Patreon so that you get all the written content, all the podcasts on not just Colorado Rockies, but all the nerd stuff. Did more Book of Boba Fett today. So we got Star Wars, DCEU, Marvel, pro wrestling, all kinds of fun stuff over at patreon.com slash DC productions. Again, make sure you're subscribed and we click the bell icon and the like and all that stuff here on the YouTube that make sure that you get your notifications whenever I'm going live. And it also helps more people find the video. Always very, very important to hit like, share and subscribe on YouTube. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, see you. Oh. Bye.